This message is brought to you by ABC Church in Ammonford, West Wales. For more information, please visit our website at www.abclife.org. Right. Now, before I start, anybody know what these are? Bingo cards? <laughs> no. Yes, cards. Right, cards. Right. Credit card. Don't use it, by the way. Forgotten the PIN number. It's a dangerous one to have, isn't it? Be honest. Very dangerous. You can go in and buy whatever you want without any money to back it up with. That's how people get into debt. They've got no money in the bank. And I suppose store cards don't have any of them either. They're all dangerous cards, really. You don't need to have anything. Just need to be a bit greedy and get what you can't afford. Right. Put that away. Debit card. With this, you've got to have something in the bank before you buy something. Otherwise, it comes up, your card is not accepted. It's embarrassing when that happens, right? Yeah? Yeah. So we've got those. What are all these then? Here we go. I've got a Boots card, a Leaks card, a Wavell card. B&Q. Good B&Q. When I went for this, they wouldn't give it to me. They said I was too young to have it. And they had to call somebody in. She got called her over and said, she's not old enough for this card, is she? I said, excuse me, I really am. No, you're not. So I had to fight to get that. Not that I use it. <laughs> Who's got a Tesco card? Yeah. Yeah, we've all got a Tesco card. Costa? Yeah. Super drug. Yeah. My boots card, I went into boots and was told, I was going to buy something small. They said, you've got £25 on your card. I couldn't believe it. I don't think I've, I haven't spent that much money in boots ever to get £25. They're called reward cards. You have to be loyal to the firm. And then they give you something back, don't they? Costa, you get a free coffee. Yeah? Tesco, you get money. So you get all those things, don't you? With a loyalty card. And basically, that's what I want to speak to you about today, is loyalty. Faith and patience, yeah? Because we think that because we're Christians, something happens in the atmosphere and suddenly everything we want is going to come to us simply because we ask. Am I right? Yeah, that's just asking. That's not actually prayer, by the way. That is just asking for stuff. So we think if I'm a Christian and I ask, God will give. Let me give you a couple of verses. So, first one, leave, you'll put it up. And without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those. Let's stop there because the verse doesn't stop there, does it? Doesn't say if you believe he exists, he rewards you. No? Goes on. Those who earnestly seek him are the ones who will be rewarded. Those who earnestly seek him. Right. The next one, Lee. And these are only two verses I'm putting up. So we do not want you to become lazy, but to admit it those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. 
So if you want what God has promised you, you've got to have a loyalty card. And the loyalty card is faith and patience. Simple. Right? But first of all, you need to know what these mean. Then you want to know what faith is. Give me a definition of faith. I don't think you will. There's only one in scripture. Right? And it's in Hebrews. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And I've heard hundreds of people try, try to explain that verse, and I still don't understand what they're saying. So here's what this says then. So faith is a connecting power into the spiritual realm. It links us with God and makes him become a tangible reality to the sense perceptions of a person. Do you understand that? And that is the explanation of the verse. So I'm still none the wiser. Right? So it's what faith does, it connects you to God and makes the unseen real to you. Which is without faith, you can't even see God. Which is why faith is a gift given us by God. Isn't that amazing? So that world out there who doesn't know God, can't be angry with them. They have no idea. They cannot perceive God because he can only be perceived through faith. And then he becomes real to you. Isn't that amazing? So faith is given us by God in order that we may see him and get to know him. Isn't that, I find that fantastic. That's what faith is. So what is patience then? What is patience? Versus, well, it's a fruit of the spirit and we can explain it in many ways. So this is what patience is. Wait for it. Calm endurance. Calm endurance. Not just enduring. We can endure very touchily. Calm <laughs> endurance. Right? An uncomplaining nature. Wow. Any of you out there? Because that ain't me. An uncomplaining nature. I'm getting there maybe as I get older. But that patience is lacking. Driving. Right. Diligent application of what then? I should imagine it's because this is, these are biblical um, explanations, by the way, of the word, of, of what God wants you to do. And tireless stamina. That's patience. Don't give up. Patience keeps you going. Don't give up. It's used two times in James, twice rather, two times isn't correct, is it? Twice in James. In James 1, patience is used to describe your trials and your tribulations, it's called. In other words, and the word is, wait, hypomony. Yeah, you learn a lot here, hypomony. And it's to do with your circumstances, those adverse circumstances, those difficulties that you go through in life. It helps you to endure, to be uncomplaining, to diligently apply the word, and to never give up during your worst circumstances. But in James 5, 7 to 11, the same word is used, but this time's a different meaning. This time is used to describe people who are difficult. People who make life difficult for you. 
people who are difficult to go on with, people that you find really rub you up the wrong way. Those people would get it in mind to put you down, to stop you getting to where you want to go or where God wants to take you. And the same word is used. So patience has to do with your circumstances and it also has to do with people. I find circumstances sometimes easier to handle than people. Hmm? People we find are responsible for themselves. And so perseverance is the consequence of faithfulness. Right? So I want to look at, after all that boring bit, <laughs> let me look at three men in scripture for you. I want to look at Abraham. I want to look at Joseph. And I want to touch on Moses, if I could touch. Now, it's a whistle-top tour because you've got chapters on all three men. So I'm just taking certain points out from their lives. Let's start with Abraham. And you'll read about him in Genesis 12 through to Genesis 25. Abraham was called out of the earth of the Chaldees. And if you don't know where the Chaldees is, that area, it's no Ghostbusters. No other demon came from that girl who appears. I don't know what she was, right? Mm -hmm. She was from that area, by the way. He said that Mesopotamia area, that's where they say she was from. And this is where Abram was called out of. He was a moon worshipper, he was a pagan. And God appears to, to Abraham, and this is where we get to have faith, because he wasn't even brought up in this belief that we have. He was a moon worshipper. It tells us that later on in Deuteronomy, that he was a moon worshipper. And God says, I want you now to leave your family and all that you know and go to a land that I will show you. And he does. And he does. And see, Abraham's walk for me is the walk of the Christian. Because when you become a Christian, that's what God actually asks of us. Do you know what? Follow me. Follow me is God, Jesus' words to all of us. Follow you. Follow me. And that's what we do. But we don't know where we're going. Because you don't know what the end of your life, is your Christian life is going to look like when you start out in it. And we can go through this life asking, like kids in the back of a car, are we there yet? I'm getting a bit bored now. Nothing seems to be happening. Oh, can we stop for a cup of coffee? That's me. Can we do this? So we go on, on but enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. Even in the difficult times, enjoy the journey. Because you have no idea when you set out what you're going to be like at the end of it and what God will have done through you at the end of it. All right, this is an exciting life because we worship a good God. So at the start, number one, follow him. Don't be swayed by your past. Don't be swayed by your contemporaries and your friends. Don't be swayed by any of this... Um, uh, any sort of other belief system that comes to you, follow Jesus. Do what he says. And that is the essence 
of faith. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. He says, the cross before me and the world behind me. No turning back. If you're getting baptized, that's what you say in your baptism. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. That's what baptism implies. That you have been buried to this world. And you have been risen in Christ to anyone. No turning back. Go on with him. And he gave Abraham a promise. And the promise was that he'd be a father of many nations. But they were childless. They were totally childless. And so God says, you will have a child with Sarah. He will be the child of the promise. Sarah was his wife. And that's where I want to start. Number one, get your own promise. Get your own promise. You can't have my promise. My promise is my promise. You get yours. And you can only get yours if you're close to God because you get to recognize his voice. And so many people hear the words, if he did it for me, he can do it for you. And it's a Christian slogan that we churn out, if he did it for me, he can do it for you. And so people think that if you've done that for them, then automatically I'm in on that promise too. Sometimes God will take you through some rough times to get there. But you have to get your own promise. You have to be so close to God that you'll recognize his voice. So when somebody speaks in a meeting and you say, that's for me, you'll know it's from God. When you're praying and you get a feeling right in your spirit, you will know that's for me. And those are the things that will hold you. You can never be held by somebody else's promise. You will be disappointed because somebody else, that promise was for them. I've experienced this myself. Somebody saying, oh, do you know what? I was in that situation too. And you know, God did it for me. Don't you worry now, he'll do it for you. He didn't. He didn't. was my promise. So get your own promise. It's hugely important right at the start because God has a promise for you all. You don't need anybody else's promise. Can you see? He's got one for you. So you can get it for yourself and be excited about what God is going to do in you. But the promise was an awful long time in coming. But I've got to tell you, these are my typed notes there. Because see how tidy they are. Lovely, beautiful typing. These are the ones I'm working from, by the way. <laughs> because those, I can't follow the neat ones, but all these scrappy bits, somehow I understand. Isn't that amazing? Because I'm totally disorganized, always. So, there we go. That's that. So, number two. Don't manipulate the promise. Don't try and make that promise come about sooner than God intends to. All right? Because you will come bring into your life things you meant to be there. Because Abraham tries to manipulate. Sarah says, oh, do you know, they're waiting years for this baby. Decades. And in the end, she says, oh, do you know what? Sleep with my maid. Go with her. And she'll have a baby. And then that baby will be the child of the promise. So you have to hear what God said. He never said Abraham's son only. He said Abraham and Sarah. The little things of scripture are hugely important. If you're hearing, hear it all. Hear it all. And so this child is born, Ishmael. 
But he couldn't be the promise. He couldn't be the promise. Don't manipulate. Wait for God to give you what he wants you to have. Do you know how many people make mistakes in who they marry? This is a family joke. Someone walks into the church, they're a Christian. Oh, they must be all right. I'll marry them. Yeah? Yeah? You know, got to be all right. They're a Christian. They come to church. They must be fine. I can go out with them. I can marry them. No, I'm not saying you two for one minute. <laughs> Wait, for God. can you see the mistakes we get into? Because we try to fast track the promise. We don't want to wait decades for it. We want it to happen now. Yeah? We don't understand how good God is. That's why you have to have this tireless stamina to hold on in there. Helen held on till she met Martin. <laughs> just saying, just throwing that out there. Just throwing it out there. Not saying anything that terrible, just saying it. But she, but she knew, she knew she'd been promised. And she asked for a Joseph. Mary, Mary said, Jesus' father. She said, I want a Joseph. And she held on till she met somebody who could lead her in the way that Joseph led. She did meet the best man for her, I believe. He is my son-in-law, and he's wonderful. Don't shortcut God. You'll make terrible mistakes if you shortcut him. And you'll birth into your life something that you have to give up. He had to send Ishmael away. He loved Ishmael, but he had to send him away. So don't, don't manipulate don't try and get God to give you sooner than he intends to what's meant to be for you. And finally, with, with Abraham, this child is born, the child of the promise. And in a while, God says, now I want him back. I want him back. I want you to take him up a mountain and I want you to sacrifice him on an altar to me. So the promise now is dead. And Romans tells us that Abram considered Isaac dead because that, in fact, what he was to him. But he still believed that to keep his promise, God would rise him from the dead. Isn't that, that is faith. So when our promises look dead, look dead dead. Because you know what? It's easy believing them. We're in the midst of a fervor. Isn't it? When you're in a conference. When you've just been encouraged like we've been in, in worship. You know? When we came to encounter, when, when we're talking about the Holy Spirit. It is easy to believe God for anything yeah. in times like that. But when you're down in the valley and he had to wake up. He slept. He had to wake up in the morning and walk three days in the cold light of dawn carrying the wood and the knife for the sacrifice that's faith and you can still say God's going to do it God's going to do it God can raise the dead and he can raise your dead promises back to life again so don't you give up on God simply because at the moment you can't see it happening you can't see an end. Are you with me? Because it's by faith and patience 
that you will inherit the promise of God. And God has a promise for everyone. Anybody had a promise, by the way? Nobody. Nobody got a promise from God? Must be, surely, yeah, of course, must be. Yeah, yeah? Well, the rest of you need to get one. Hmm? The rest of you need to search the scriptures. The rest of you need to go into prayer. The rest of you need to ask him, what have you got for me? Get your own promises. Every generation needs a promise. Every generation in the church needs their own. See, the, the, the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, what this promise to Isaac, I will make you a nation, and what then had to be told to Isaac, his son. He had to have his own promise from God, that God would keep the covenant. He couldn't live on the faith of Abraham. He had to develop faith for himself. This Jacob, who became Israel, had the same thing. He had to have that promise told him. So the covenant that he made with Abraham had to be told to Isaac and Jacob. And it's the same in church. You know, you can't live on the vision of 50 years ago. It's part of it. And you can build in it. But you need your own. You need to see what God is going to do in your generation. We've seen what he did in the past generations. Now it's time for you. You can't live on my revelation. Even though I'm pretty fantastic and I look young. <laughs> but you have to get your own revelation. You have to hear God tell you what he's going to do in this church. Otherwise, what you end up with is tradition or religion. Both of which are dead to the spirit. So the spirit needs to be speaking into every generation. That covenant, that promise that it wants for it. Are you with me? So that's Abraham. Now we'll go on to Joseph. I love the story. I, well, I love the Old Testament. I, always, I usually speak from the Old Testament. I love the Old Testament. Joseph is found long way. 37, chapter 37 to 46 of Genesis. So you can see how little I am I'm giving you of the story. But I'm only picking up the salient points. Abraham had flaws. All of, you know, I love the Bible because it doesn't sort of, uh, what's the word? Wash over them. What's, what do they do now with your face? Oh, it's gone. Gone. It's gone. It's my age. But he, he doesn't give you a picture of them that's not right. Their flaws are all there for us to see. Abraham wasn't flawless. Wasn't flawless. He had lots of flaws. But when you come to Joseph, this is a different man. He is a totally different man. Joseph, according to scripture, didn't utter one word of complaint, one word of blame, one word of self-pity. And from the time he had his first dream to the time he became prime minister of Egypt, does anybody know how many years it took? I looked it up. 13. 13 years it took from the dream. So many of you got dreams. And any dream won't do. No, no. Any dream won't do. God's dreams. Right? You can dream big dreams. But, and, and you can work to make them, to, to accomplish them. I'm saying, but God's dreams. God has given you a dream. And Joseph was given a dream. Joseph was the, 
son of, the son of Isaac from his favorite wife, Rachel. He had 10 of the sons from Leah and the concubines. But Rachel only had two. She'd been barren for years and years. And Joseph was the eldest of those two. And he was his father's favorite. Which is why he's given what we know as the coat of many colors. The technicolor dream coat. But what it signifies, what does it signify? And it's amazing. His father gave him this coat. And apparently it was a coat with long sleeve. It covered him. And was worn by royalty. So he set his son up as royalty among his brothers. That's going to get you into a bit of trouble with the rest of them, isn't it? <laughs> you know, and, and when I look at the patriarchs, I think you, weren't, you didn't have the brains you were born with half the time. <laughs> Honestly, they are amazing. You need to read it because they are amazing. I mean, the way they treat their children and their, their crackers. And these are the ones God chose to be upholders and instigators of the faith. So we're all imperfect. So it caused massive issues. And then added to that, Joseph had dreams. Where once he saw the sheaves, and he said, and those sheaves, he tells his brothers, were you, and you bowing down to me. Oh, they thought, well, that's nice, isn't it? So here we go. Then he has another dream. When he sees the 11 stars and the moon and the sun bow down to me. So he tells his brothers, and his father's father says, what are you talking about? Are you saying that I've got to bow down to you? So it sets up this whole story. So number one, be careful who you tell your dreams to. You know? Because there are some people out there, if you tell them they're your dreams, they will want to destroy you. They will want to destroy you and your dreams. They will be jealous. They will be angry. And another thing, get your own dream. You know? You can't have somebody else's. And for me, this is the huge thing that I don't think the church understands, but I'm going to say it. You cannot remove the anointing of God from a person's life. If God has chosen a man to fulfill a calling, he will make, allow him to fulfill that calling against everything that man does to him in order to destroy it and the dream. You cannot remove it. God gives it. You cannot give it to anybody. Yeah. Only God can choose the man he wants to work in any given situation. You can't choose it, but we try to. Because I don't like that one. I would rather have this one. Yeah? Isn't it what we do? In our minds, we might not do it verbally, but in our minds, we choose who we want to. But actually, you can't. You can either remove anointing, that um, choice, and you can't give it to somebody else. They can work. They can do things. But they can't have God's blessing on it. God reserves that for the people that he has chosen. So have you got dreams? Bear with me. Bear with me. Because the dream is going to take quite a while to come about sometimes. And Joseph's brothers decide to kill him. So they throw him in a pit. Yeah? So he's in a pit. Then from the pit, they decide, oh, we won't kill him. We'll sell him into slavery. That's a better option, isn't it? Sell him into slavery. So they get sold into slavery. And the slavers then send to Potiphar. 
So he arrives in Potiphar's house as a slave. And he finds favour with Potiphar, who puts him in charge of stuff. But Potiphar's wife takes a shine to him. And she tries to seduce him. Joseph runs away. But she says he's been, what, sexually abusive or sexual assault or rape. And he's, they believe her. And he's put in prison. So now he's in prison. So now he's been from the pit to a prison. And so far, he's not uttered a word that's wrong. With me? Yeah. Then, in prison, he's again finds favour. And he's put in charge with things in prison. And the Bible says this, Joseph found favour in all he did. Wow. Isn't that amazing? So in the midst of your most awful experiences, God can give you favour. Yeah? This I've experienced for myself. This is my experience. You know, where God has said, I wanted to leave a job, and I heard clearly. Here's where you get a promise, and here's where you get a dream. And God said, stay in the land. If you stay in the land... I will build you up, not tear you down, and you will find favor with the king. So I stayed. And I was moved from the ward I was on to a different ward, which was horrific. So I was 10 years there on this ward. And when you think, the promise is never going to come about, I'm going to leave. The promise is never going to come about. And suddenly God comes through for you at a time when you least expect it. Right, so he can take you through some stuff which lasts decades. But I did find favor with the king, and I did end up in a job I would have done for nothing. And that's God working. If you want to know the goodness of God, speak to people in here. We can testify to how God good is when you do faith and patience, and you will inherit what he has for you. So Joseph is in prison, and in prison. There are two people there, a cupbearer and, and a cake maker, a baker. Both have dreams, and he interprets the dreams. So they're both let free to go to Pharaoh and forget about him. Right? Then Pharaoh has a dream. And the, uh, I can't remember, it's the, the baker or the cupbearer says, oh, I know a guy, he's in prison. He'll, he'll tell you about the dream. So up comes Joseph, and he interprets the dream. In 13 years, you see, we always focus on the forgiveness of Joseph to his brothers. But I want to focus on something else. In 13 years, Joseph had come from that young man who had his first dream, where he could say, this is to do with my family. Right? So his interpretation of the dream was very limited. Hmm? At 30, he goes to Pharaoh. And not only can he interpret the dream, right? He can put a strategy in place. Because Pharaoh says the dream is the fat cows, same fat cows, same thin cows. And the thin cows swallow up the fat cows. It's going to be a famine. So Joseph recognizes this means there's going to be a famine. And the strategy is that in that time, in, in, the, in the years of plenty, put away a fifth of all your grain so that in the times of lean when there's a famine, you will have food for, the, for that time. But not only does he have a strategy, he's able to administer it. So, in, you see, 
when we're young, we think we can do anything, and I'm sorry. We always pick on the young, don't we? <laughs> but we think we can do it. We think we've got it. And sometimes it takes years to hone the gift, to hone that gift so that when God brings you into a position, you are sharp. You know exactly what's got to be done. You know exactly how it should be done. You can administer it. So don't be impatient with youth. Or youth, don't be impatient. Because God will work it so that by the time he wants you to be that sharp quiver that can break through stuff and bring his kingdom to be, he will have you. So the times from the pit to the, to the prison, to the palace. You can't leap over them. You can't leap over what God wants to take you through in order to make you who you're meant to be. Are you with me? Does that make any sense at all to you? Because we can't understand why people are trying to destroy me. I can't understand why people is... Why? I've done nothing wrong. Why are you having false accusations against me? Why are my family setting out to absolutely destroy me? To wipe me off the face of the planet? Why is it the people that I work with, the people that I've been good to, have suddenly come up with these dreadful accusations against me? Why is it that when I've done things for people, just out of kindness, that they forget about everything I've done? Ever been there? Ever been disappointed? In every conceivable way, right? God isn't finished yet with the promise or the dream of what you're meant to be. We go through it and we hold it with faith and patience. Joseph became prime minister of Egypt. Hey, now, do you want to be prime minister at this moment in time? No, thank you. But... But what you're talking about is influence. If you want to influence people, then God's got to take you through some stuff so that you know him, so that you're not reliant on people supporting you, so that you're not reliant on people being nice to you, so that you're not reliant on people patting you on the back and telling you how wonderful you are, that you know God is for me who can be against me? And you can stand in the assurance that God will favor you because he has called you and because you have gone through some stuff while remaining faithful to him. You have to remain faithful. Faith and patience inherit the promises. And I don't know how long I'll be. I've got time for Moses. So the next one, I went to his Moses. Now, I went to, one more thing about Joseph. When his brothers, because there's famine, and you see what he was called for was to save a nation. Just like Abraham was called to start a nation, Joseph was called to save the nation. Because the nation, his brothers, who would become the nation of Israel, were living in famine, and they have to come to Joseph to get food. And this is what he says when his brothers come after all they had done to him. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. Can you see where forgiveness, there's not one bitter word 
that comes out from his mouth. Because when you know God, you will accept, really. Do you know what? If you're for me, I don't need the rest. I don't need it. God can take me where I need to go. I mean, look at Moses. Moses was called to lead the nation into freedom and their destiny. I don't know what idiot wants to be a leader. I will be honest with you. If you want leadership, you need to go and have your head read. Because it is one of the places, I think, where you are going to be vilified. I don't know any leader ever in my life or who I've read about who has not met with opposition along the way. Paul Scanlon, when he started his new church, <laughs> when he changed, you've got to laugh. Suddenly, people from outside the and the community came in. They were no longer a little middle-class church. You know the story better than me, probably. So they had these people come in, and the women could no longer leave their handbags on the floor. Oh, but because people were stealing, the people who came in were stealing from the handbags. Half the church left, because they didn't approve of the people who were coming in. When he said that Charlotte Scamlin was going to be starting a Bible study, she was 19 years of age. Women in that meeting audibly booed her and walked out. You're not going to be liked for making certain decisions. When he handed the church over to Charlotte and Steve Gamble and left, half the church left because they didn't agree with the decision. People don't agree with leadership decisions. They don't like leadership decisions. They like to think that they have a say in everything. And Moses was no different. He was chosen by God to lead these people out. And it took him coming from a palace is the opposite to Joseph. He was born in a palace, wasn't he? He was born to the Hebrews, but then Pharaoh's daughter found him and he was brought up. In Pharaoh's palace, he was a prince. And Moses had to give up all his princehood to go and live with the slaves. He must have had a hang of a lot of baggage to carry. Yeah? To give him all that up. And he kills somebody. You see, none of these are flawless. So he moves. Where he is 40 years as a shepherd until God calls him with the burning bush experience and he goes back and he leads out the children and there comes a time in his life where even after years, decades in the wilderness with constant mourning from the people he was leading about how they didn't like the way they were going where even his brother and sister Aaron and Miriam turn against him and they say who does he think he is to think that he can lead us? Don't we own the Urim and the Thummim? And the Urim and Thummim are two stones which are in the breastplate of the priest. So when he heard from God and spoke, the stones would light up. I'd love one of those breastplates. Wouldn't you? Wow, I know God is speaking. The stones are alight in the breastplate. Well, what an easy way to assume whether the spirit is there or not, isn't it? And so 
they say, and how can does he think that he can be a leader? Because he married a Cushite wife. And of course the Hebrews weren't to marry outside of their race. And God hears, not Moses, God hears. And God says, how dare you speak like that against Moses? How dare you say he is proud? He's the most humble man on the face of the earth. Right? And for that, Miriam became leprous outside the camp. And leprosy is a sin, and, and I'll come to it in a while. But it was, and Aaron goes to Moses and say, please pray for her. We are so sorry, please pray for her. I need to see her sister. And, she, and God says, she still needs to be outside the camp for seven days. Do you know, when you judge other people on what you think their bad points are, let me tell you, Moses had a Cushite wife when God met him at the burning bush. All right? So the sin that they were bringing up, God already knew about when he called him and told him to go release them. We can't judge people on how bad we think they are. Yeah? You have no right to look around and say, can't lead, look at him can't lead, look at her, can't lead, look at him and you wouldn't believe how arrogant he is and you wouldn't believe how proud he is and God says how dare you, how dare you and the result is that her influence is removed and that's what happens, I think God's judgment is that he'll remove her influence, you won't be allowed to influence because the same thing happens, you can't take away anointing and you can't give anointing and God had chosen but intercede there's two things don't judge you judge at your peril the other one is intercede for those who judge you let's be people like Moses who, unlike J- Joseph when all manner of evil is done against us we will choose to say I'll pray for you rather than I'll damn you Let's behave in a way that pleases God. And that is faith and patience inheriting the promises. So have you got a promise? If you haven't, I hope you'll get one. Got a dream of where God wants to take you or a dream of where God wants to take the church? Yeah? Got a dream? Got a promise? Do you think you're called to influence people? And it could only be your family. I'm not talking about being prime minister. I'm not talking about leading the nation. It could just be leading your family. But if all those things are yours, and you want to be effective in this life in order to further the kingdom of God, then it only comes about by faith and patience, which inherits the promises. So get your promise, get your dream, and live your life enjoying every minute because contentment with God is of great worth. Trust him in everything for he's good. This message was brought to you by ABC Church. For more information please visit our website at www.abclife.org or search for us on Facebook or Twitter. You can also contact us by phone on 01269 596000.